Welcome to The Tribe Talks, your weekly dose of time with my dope, amazing, phenomenal, lit-ass tribe. I'm your host, Alma B, aka Queen Mother of the Tribe. And as I do every episode, I'm going to start us off with the tribe talent. And this week's tribe talent is none other than my beautiful, amazing sister, Essie Blankson-Turner, who created an amazing company named Amba, which means seed infante, which is our native Ghanaian tongue. Uh, She believed that everything begins with a small seed of an idea and if nurtured, has the potential to grow into infinitely profound possibilities. Amba sources textiles from around the world to create beautiful home decor such as pillows, tableware, and the like, and statement pieces, as well as accessories from local artisans in various African countries. Customers also have the option of choosing their own fabrics and having SE design unique and beautiful pieces just for them. Amba continues to sell online and has grown by increasing their product offerings from new bold fabrics and prints from around the world. If you guys want to check her out, go to youramba.com or follow them on Instagram at your underscore Amba. Check her out, follow her, support. I love her. She's my sister. She's amazing. And that's it. So this week I have two of my tribe members, two of the most amazing, dope ass, lit ass, beautiful ass, light filled ladies that I know who are all unique in their purpose and their ways. Uh, First, I have Erica, aka EO who is a proud St. Louis native and Howard University alum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I actually met her through my husband, who is also a HU alum. Um, So aside from providing everyone their regular doses of comedic relief, because she is hilarious, uh, and realness, she's a communications and marketing enthusiast. Um, When she's not encouraging people with the word of God, she's down to eat, drink, and twerk. Not necessarily in that order. She prides herself on being the walking embodiment of the phrase, get you somebody that can do both. Welcome, EO. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And next I have the incomparable Miss Brandy Lewis, assistant media buyer, aka she puts your commercials on TV. She occasionally dabbles in dance and she can work her ass off um and she also writes uh blah 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 chicago blah 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 black people are the shit blah 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 tacos blah 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 her natural hair is lit blah 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 she's also the queen of gifts give it up y'all for miss brandy so welcome 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 ladies i'm really actually boosted that y'all are here and that we get to talk about the topic that we are talking about today because i've had many conversations with y'all actually about this stuff so uh, this uh episode is actually inspired by um some shit that happened recently to me myself and i and eo and i actually have had conversations about this um in uh the the workplace if you will um the topic is everybody ain't for everybody. 
So personal space and other things that people like to invade. Before we start off, I'm going to share with y'all what the actual definition of personal space is. Personal space is defined as the physical distance immediately surrounding a person in which encroachment feels threatening or uncomfortable. So that's in case any of y'all, because there are many of y'all who seem to be confused about what exactly personal space is because y'all just like to be in it for no apparent reason. Um, So what I did was I actually um, checked out, I was reading this article and it is, um, it was on National Geographic because I do like to read, you know, I am educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an article um, that was uh, that interviewed a neuroscientist named Michael Graziano, and he basically talked about how there's an actual science um, behind personal space. So personal space is ingrained in our DNA. Um, he said the brain computes a buffer zone around the body, which is very flexible. It changes in size depending on context. So if you're sitting next to somebody who you're close to, who you're friends with, the amount of personal space is reduced down because there is that intimacy there. However, if you're in a space with somebody who you don't know and who you might get that vibe from that intuition I always talk about that you listen to your intuition your gut feeling but if you are sitting next to somebody you you don't really know that personal space is much wider um to protect you um from whatever danger you might you your brain is telling you that this person might pose to you so he's saying that um it uh, it's basically a set, an invisible second sin, skin, which is primarily protection and how subconsciously it also helps us navigate stuff. Something as simple as not running into the wall or running into a door. Um, then he also talked a little bit about how his son suffers from this condition called dyspraxia, which is an inability to move in a fully coordinated way uh, with respect to your environment. Um, Some people have described it as knowing what you want to do, but having difficulty actually getting out in a coordinated way. So his son, um, unfortunately, has dealt with situations, his young son has dealt with situations where he has been in social settings and he might have passed too close to somebody and they might have taken it offensively as opposed to realizing that this child has this condition and he's not necessarily trying to rub up on you. He just does not realize that he does not have that buffer of personal space or under his brain does not understand the personal space. So I want to talk about how that kind of relates to society's attachment with personal space and how we kind of deal with personal space. So my first question, just to kind of get us started, um, is have you experienced a violation of your own personal space? What specifically happened and how did you handle it? When am I not being violated? <laughs> oh, shit. There's always somebody in my space. Now, I will say that I recognize that my understanding of personal space is also modified by my upbringing and like American culture. So mm-hmm. like when I lived in Europe, when I was living in London, Everything there is close. Mm-hmm. The walls are close. The bathroom is tight. Like, it's not, it's not spacious. Right. So the concept of personal space 
just with buildings and like the way that they structure things is definitely different than Americans and our understanding of personal space Mm -hmm. and like how close you can be. Mm -hmm. I also, you know, on one side of my family, we literally were on top of each other in like a loving way. Not like we had a big house, but we would all sit on the couch right up on each other because that was like how we showed affection and you know we rub each other's feet and Mm -hmm. we like feet is not a thing for us like that's we're very close and intimate in our interactions not respective of gender or age Mm -hmm. um conversely in my dad's side of the family everybody goes to their separate rooms and closes their door and does their own thing and it's not we're not even that and not to say that there was less love there as much as it just wasn't it just wasn't an affectionate household right. in that respect. Right. So growing up with kind of both of those balances and then even being in two different like countries mm-hmm. and seeing how those are different, my concept of personal space is probably significantly more fluid mm-hmm. than other people. So for the most part, I don't mind, right? Mm-hmm. People do it and it can be like extra and you know it, but I don't. I don't immediately, I'm not immediately, like, my alarms aren't set off. Right. I think more so is when, or my offense comes, Mm -hmm. when the inquiry is made Mm -hmm. about personal space, and I give an answer on what that space should be, Mm -hmm. and it's still disregarded. So when you say an inquiry is made, like, give me an example. So, okay, so Brandy was around for this, actually. I already knew what she was going to say. So, you know, okay, Sis, you know, we like to do our hair, okay? Hair is a thing. It is an expression for the black woman. Um, And we change it way more than any other culture, right? right? Mm -hmm. You can be African. You can be Caribbean. You can be from the States. Hair is our expression. It is a part of the art of ourselves. And we love to look different all the time and do different things with that. So, um... Because I change my hair frequently, you know, I get that people inquire. That part is not an issue. In this particular hairstyle I put in, it was more of an afro Mm -hmm. than, you know, my last look. So it was big, you know. And uh, I had a co-worker who, he he wasn't sure if it was real, fake, what was happening. Mm -hmm. He was intrigued, didn't mind that, you know. But then the inquiry came, can I touch it? Mm -hmm. And I said no. I didn't want him to touch my hair. Don't touch my hair. Cue S- Solange. Solange. Right. Okay? <laughs> Don't touch it, my hair. And that's not to say everybody can't touch it. It's not to say that every inquiry I deny, in that instance, I denied it and I felt like that should be respected. Right. You asked, I gave you an answer. Right. And that should have been the end of it. Right. Okay. But it was not the end of it. And so we all as a group kind of went on to, to Starbucks actually. Shout out Starbucks right now. <clears throat> so, Shut um, we go as a group, you know, just to get, grab, get our little liquid cocaine, I mean coffee for the day. And so, <laughs> you know how they call your name to get your coffee? Mm-hmm. And so then they called him after me. Mm-hmm. And he attempted to graze past me ever so quickly, but touch my hair in the process. 
Now, I don't know if he thought, because I had already cleared the fact that it was fake, that he didn't think I would feel. It was not an extension of me and the fact that I would have felt or caught that he was trying to be slick and touch it anyway. Um, but I caught him, and I was just like, wow, really? So you just do not care that I've already communicated to you that I do not want you that to that was my yeah. space that I didn't want you to encroach upon. Mm -hmm. And so I brought it back up late. I brought it up to him later. I sent him Solange's song. Like clearly you haven't heard this song before. So you don't <laughs> maybe you don't understand love me. Erica, yo. Maybe you don't understand me and I need to give you an education on who I am and, and what I'm trying to convey to you. And his reaction was Oh my God, you're just making such a big deal of this. It was bad. So, I mean, I didn't even think it was that serious. I said, so you have basically disregarded what I communicated to you about me. And now I'm the bad guy because I'm reminding you or I'm bringing it to your attention that you disrespected my space. Right. Now I'm wrong. Now you're acting like I'm overreacting when it was my space and had you just left that alone, it, we wouldn't even be here. And I'm not going to be the bad guy because I told you not to touch it. You made an inquiry. I gave you an answer. And so then that that's probably the only time that I'm just... Or when there's no ask. Because mm -hmm. I've definitely been in situations where... I, like, I was working at J. Crew and it was some foreign ladies. You know, they're from France. They spoke French mostly while they during the interaction. And they just reached out and started rubbing my hair. I mean, there was no conversation about hair. It was not, oh, this is nice. What's happening with it? There was no genuine inquiry. They just reached out and started petting me. I was just, I was so shocked. Like, whoa, total encroachment on personal space. I just started rubbing their hair back. We just all got to stuff together. Yeah, pet each other, and then and that's when they withdrew because then they realized, like, wait, is that what I'm doing right now? And then it was, oh, can I pass it? Well, you've already started. You've already done it. It was like, oh, can I touch your hair? Well, I mean, that kind of happened already. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's just really nice, and I said, okay. Well, you know, you could have started with that, and then we we could be here versus you just just gone on into it. But I get that. Nobody's touching their hair. Nobody cares what their hair looks like. You know why? Because it looks the same 762 days of the year. Okay. Well, sometimes it's greasy, but I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's not a... They get a cut and they go with that. Yeah. And that's their look. That 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 color, that cut, that's what they're comfortable with. And they just stick with that until, you know, maybe they throw a highlight in. Maybe they do a couple of clip-ins for an event. But by and large, their look is the same all the time. Now, and it's uninteresting. Now, when we're saying they, for clarification. They for... mean not African-American women. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted y'all to just I'm not clear. even saying people of color because Latino women don't change their hair that much either. So. Well, I've actually had a number of Latino women who, for some reason, want to touch my hair. And I... I... <sighs> I have a lot of mixed feelings about that. Because you consider it, them people of color? Yes. And so I would not think that my hair necessarily would be so fascinating because of the fact that Latina people, just like black people, have a wide array of different textures of hair and different skin colors and things like that. And so one would assume mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be such an quote-unquote exotic topic. But for some reason... 
we still happen to roll into this place where, oh my gosh, I have to touch your hair. Do you? Do you? I need education. I, I'm, I'm always interested by the, the need to be educated on it. Like, they don't just, oh, your hair, you changed your hair. Like, that would be safe. That's cool. That's right because I didn't change it. It's like, oh, is it yours? How did you get it in? How long did it take? <laughs> did you really sit there for that So long? that's a lot. Wow. I mean, it's just, oh, it's so, oh. So, I'm all sorry. Right. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like the thing that I have a problem with is people don't ask. Like, my hair is big, mm-hmm. but, like, if I'm It's big, out, y'all, and it's amazing. I told you, lit-ass curls. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, like, if I'm out at a bar or something, like, I just have all these drunk-ass people hands digging in my hair even at work like i literally had someone say like i've been waiting to do this all day as they were rustling my hair and like i have people that do this all the time and i'm like i'm the same way like if you ask me i prefer you to do that because then i can tell you yes or no Mm -hmm. and you're going to respect either or but if you don't even give me the opportunity you have no regard of my of my personal space or my opinion on my hair at all Mm -hmm. the thing that annoys me is then it goes into well, how did you do your hair today? Is that how it comes out of your hair? How do you wash your hair? How do you comb your hair? I just asked you the same question. How do you wash your hair? How do you blow dry your hair? It's the same thing. Like, it's not that different. I know you think it's that different. It's better, but... It's fun. It's I can do anything. You can only do that. <laughs> right. I, you know what? And it's it's interesting to me because this kind of just ties into the the thought process of how our personal space as black women is generally encroached upon. Like it definitely our our bodies, our space, our hair, our our garments. I mean shit, we our fucking clothes. The clothes that you can fucking buy in the same stores that I go into, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I have to touch like because it is on your black body. And um it it makes me think about um, there is this um, historical f- uh, figure. Um, she was known as the quote unquote hot and tot Venus, um, Sarah Bartman from oh, South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was basically put on display in Europe, seen as like basically like this freak show of nature. Um, after she was uh, after she died, she ended up being dissected and her her body and her genitalia and all of that was put on display for people. I mean, even in death, we can't even get a fucking break. You just say, so you just not going to let my body just, okay. So you just going to present so, so you can pick at it. Okay. Right. And so, and so it, I, I think it's, it's sad and it's fucked up and it's, um, but it's also a, a, an area that we, Unfortunately, because of who we are and who we were born to be, have to the it's a cross that we bear and that we have to deal with, especially when um, dealing with people who are not of our kith, kin, and tribe. So, um, <laughs> EO actually uh, shared with some people at uh, our workplace. Um, oh God. Yeah, yeah, and was and it was it was funny because I mean she being the only woman, black woman, 
there had to go ahead and let some people know, you know, what specifically it was that was going on. So I, ha- I have to, I have to put this on. And I don't know if y'all, y'all gonna be able to hear it. But. So I had to make a public service announcement to my new office because I am the only one of me there. Okay, <laughs> number one, this is my hair. The red hair was completely fake. Okay, and that no, I didn't cut it. Number two. <laughs> probably gonna change my look completely next week because I'm lazy and I like doing my hair so I'm probably gonna put it away. Number three, if I wash my hair, it's gonna shrink up even more. It's gonna curl back up. And again, I did not cut my hair. So don't ask. And number four, no, you can't touch this hairstyle or the next one. <laughs> Thank you. You can go back to work now. <laughs> so the fact that she had to do this like PSA for her coworkers. This is one of the reasons, again, that I love me some EO because she tells it like it is. And if you don't like it, then you're just gonna have to be fucking uncomfortable with that shit. And and that has nothing to do with her. It has to do all with your feelings. So the fact that you had to go out of your way to tell these people that I changed my hair, the hair that goes out of my head changes, don't fucking touch it. The fact that you had to do that, it's comical, yes, because you did it in a comedic way, but at the root of it, it is a... It's a a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And unfortunately for those of us, even with the hair that grows out of our head or we decide that we're going to put some new hair on our head, uh, it becomes a a thing, an issue. Um, I saw um, there was a... uh, a social experiment, I think in New York, where there were a couple of black women who came up and said, have these signs up that said, you can touch my hair. And they had people walking up, touching their hair. Now, I don't, I don't want to assume that their intention was necessarily negative, but I think it also perpetuates the whole micro- uh, the the whole problematic thing with the fact that black hair or black bodies are these exotic zoo-like creatures that need to be touched and fawned over and basically exotified. It, the only reason that that's the case is because our natural state of being is not seen as the norm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, because we are not in, like, Cosmo or we're not in, it's it's not, we're not regular, quote unquote regular. It's not, we're not the beauty standard. We're not the norm. And I feel like also, like, we're different. And I always feel like when something is different, it makes this assumption or it turns into people's confusion and then assumed to be hatred. Mm-hmm. Or they're, like, questioning things. So, for example... Like, I remember this experiment because I feel like it was, like, a whole thing because then people started kind of saying, like, you cannot touch my hair. Right. And then it goes to this back and forth of, like, well, how come this black They're person okay. is this way and this black person is this way? Why are you being, like, why are you being angry? Why are you being the angry black girl? Uh, that turns into that conversation. Because I remember mm-hmm. when Mike touched her hair and I was, like, and he asked me, he was, like, well, how come... Like, how do you feel about it? And I'm like, I feel like you invaded her space. She told you no, end of discussion. There should have been nothing else. You That was disrespectful. 
so get it together. And then it's like, I feel like people want it to be like me to be like, oh no, I don't care. You can touch my hair. Uh-huh. And then it become like a me versus her thing. Well, why can't you be more like this person? Or why is this right. person that way? And I feel like that it's continuously happening within our community and other people who are not in our community. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we are different, then people are wondering first, they have questions about it. Mm-hmm. They want to know everything about it so they can try to understand. And then they don't understand, so then they don't like it, and then it turns into other different conversations and problematic shit. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, and in reality, if Brandy is fine with all of them touching, anybody touching her hair, it's Brandy's personal space. Exactly. Brandy's personal space doesn't equate to all black women's personal space. Right. And if she says, hey, you know, just because there's plenty of things, plenty of things that don't bother me. You know what I mean? That I, you know, don't, I don't think twice about it. It doesn't offend me. I'm not bothered by it. But if an inquiry is made, I don't answer like I have the answer for every black woman. I quickly say, you know what? For me, that's not an issue. But if she has an issue with it, then then that shouldn't, then it should be respected. That, that point blank period as an individual person she has personal space like everybody else has the right to personal space. And she has the right to regulate who encroaches upon that. She could have very well been fine with Mike tousling her hair. It's not though. But that doesn't give, but because she's fine with Mike tousling her hair, doesn't mean that every white man in office now has the right to, to tousle her right. hair. Exactly. Because when we come back to that definition mm-hmm. about relationship with people exactly. and what then makes that margin of personal space larger or smaller. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with Mike was different from mine at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I and because you made the inquiry, now it's one thing when you don't ask and now you just have to apologize because you didn't ask. Right. But you asked, I gave you an answer and you still decided that you didn't have to respect that white man. Right. <laughs> that he is still entitled to me. Colonizer. Right. He's still entitled to my space and right. my property, even after being told no. Right. Now, do you think that there is any type of varying difference when it comes to, like you mentioned, for for you in this particular instance, it was a white man who thought that it was okay to touch your hair and just be in your personal space. For me, it's all... it's. It, it is more likely women, white women, mm-hmm. who think that it's okay to touch my, to just touch me. Yeah. Yes. You know, when it comes to, even when I was, I was pre- both pregnancies, both times that I was pregnant with my boys, I always had to like literally numb, ch- like hand swipe karate protect my belly because it was always like, oh, okay, oh, you're so cute. Your small little belly. Oh, let me touch it. No, bitch. This is still my space. And it's and especially because of the fact that it's my unborn child. Like they're my extended space. Right. This is my my energy, my my, you know, and I don't know what your touch comes with. I don't know what negativity or spirits are tied to you. And this is a vulnerable space right now. You're not going to touch my body if i wouldn't touch your belly on any given day you definitely sure as hell are not going to touch my my body with my unborn child just stating inside of me like it's not it doesn't well yeah women are definitely the main culprits of that i think the only reason men are not as much Mm -hmm. is because 
it gets misconstrued into so many assortment of things that they're a little usually, more mindful. Right. Usually it's historically it's sexual they know, right, harassment. It can be right. It could be turned into an assortment of things. So I think men are more mindful for that reason because they've been society has forced them to be mindful. Because I don't think that way back when they cared. You know what I mean? If you were there, you were present, you were property. Right. So I think, you know, there's you know, there's been a cultural shift as far as men forcing themselves to be more cognizant of personal space of women. Women don't have those same reports happening. You know, they don't they're not necessarily they're not gonna go to HR and go, you know, this other woman brushed up against me. This other woman keeps playfully touching my arm and wrist and she keeps doing you know, that's just not a thing not not to say it doesn't happen, not to say that it's not equally as inappropriate, um, but that's not a thing. So women think that they as in womanhood they have the freedom in to sisterhood right. not respective of race Shit. to touch you. See, I feel like I a hundred percent agree on Everything that just came out your mouth. Oh, well, you know, occasionally I'm good with those kinds of things. <laughs> I feel like for me, it doesn't matter. It should. It's man or woman. Mm. It, every single race, they just immediately, like, flock and are like, oh, my God, like, you're so cute. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you doing this? Right. And it's not only that. It's the brushing against. If you're out, the amount of times that people accidentally grazed their junk upon like behind me or like they like oh, grabbed yeah. my leg oh. or something like that and i'm mm-hmm. like i don't know what is what it like people are like you just look so friendly and approachable because i'm always laughing or something so they want to talk to me and i'm like i don't want to talk to you like maybe like i don't know what i need to be like pushing oh, out no, and then you can't do that you can't do, you it. Can't do that because well, we now angry. now yeah. you're angry black woman i was about to say <laughs> right no right exactly if you're not if you're not accepting and you're not friendly then you are all of a sudden right. the angry black woman trope as opposed to being the quote-unquote hot and tot venus like the sexual seductress you know black woman who is oh a, a, a fetish basically yeah. like that's yeah. that's we're fetishized that way, when we become that friendly, sexual type of being. And that's fucked yeah, up. Definitely yeah. across boards. Right. It, it, it's all the men, women, everybody. I mean, you and and there's really no way to not be you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't, this this one, my genetic makeup. Like, right. this little poking booty I got, it ain't even big, but that thing poking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That thing poking. to wear loose and drapey and I have to, you know, I do I have to modify appropriately because, I, in fact, just the other day, mm-hmm. I threw on a dress mm-hmm. and it was, it was a fitted dress, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt so bad about wearing it to work. Uh, FYI, for my listeners who don't physically see EO right now, uh, slim, thick, snatch, yeah, <laughs> but body, Body, body. So, but but here's the thing. I felt bad because I thought, you know, I just should have worn a longer something. And it just should have covered my hips, as my grandmother would tell me. I should have, you know, even though, sorry, look, all the Asian people that I work with, 
they could have put on the exact same outfit and nothing sexy would have been viewed about it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I have to be conscious of my figure being sexy, even in on a tent, you know, like that's not, wasn't what I was going for. It just was clean and fast and not wrinkled and I, you know, went out the door. But I felt like I really should have worn longer. I should have modified and dressed, you know, tried to be more conservative because figure and comments and looks. But that is also tied into us like it's like it's more likely for you as a black woman to get this comment as opposed to one of another race um because again we are sexualized more than other i'm not saying that other women are not sexualized i'm saying we as black women are more more so sexualized than other races of women and it's unfortunate um especially when you're the only the only only one you are the token black person right unfortunately you know um i've had an instance where i was working at a company and i wore something very similar to what two of my other co-workers wore but i was called into the office and told that my outfit was more appropriate for a happy hour than it was for office hours bitch you tried it look and i and i it killed me because i'm like huh okay what? I could have sworn I was dressing like everybody else, so... Yeah. So what's the problem? But then it becomes... And, and again, we had this conversation. Um, EO and I had this conversation uh, at lunch a little while back. We are, again, sexualized a lot more. So when the males in the office are either in not... in Definitely not in our hearing, because if it was in our hearing, it would be... The, Completely different conversation. But when they're making comments outside of our space about either how we either look nice or, you know, we we are attractive or something, we've had I've I've seen it happen where these other women now feel offended by the fact that the attention is being paid. Now, it's not necessarily to say that oh, it definitely is not to say that we're checking for that. Like, that's not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Right. (laughs) Not even anywhere near my thought process. For me personally, I'm married, so I'm not checking for nobody that ain't my husband. So you can look, but if you make a comment and you, if you definitely touch, your fingers is getting broke. I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I I don't, I don't fucks with that. But, but the fact then that, um, it, it, um, it affects how you are perceived in the workplace. You are seen as kind of less than because now you are sexualized and you are now reduced down to the physical as opposed to your mental capacity and your experience, your professional experience. It's unfortunately now negated because you are an attractive being. I actually really, really love... um, Uber's chief brand ambassador or uh, chief brand officer, uh, uh, Bazoma St. John. She's from Ghana. Woo woo, Ghana. And Ghana in the house. Oh. Um, but she challenges, I feel like, that stereotype of the black woman who has to be boxed into this space that can't be vibrant, can't be vivacious, but also be smart, professional. Um, you know, educated. Um, she challenges those uh, those norms that are kind of placed on us. Um, 
But it sucks too, because I also feel that even at her level, she probably also deals with this. Like she also deals with the fact that dark skin, big hair, beautiful body, and she still has to deal with people trying to take her seriously because of the fact that they look at her physical first before they see that she is literally the most qualified individual in the room. Yeah. I mean, I think with all that you as in you have to decide to to not be confined by that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did as a kid because I was on the gymnastics team and I was the only black girl there. Mm-hmm. I felt some responsibility to represent black people. Even as a kid, I knew I was different and that and I had to check them a couple times because I'm like, first of all, I'm the best on this team. So let's just start with, that's that's why I get to play around. Right. Because when it comes time to execution, right. I'm still going to do better than you when you practice 12 times. I'm the Beyonce like, of this. So when you get mad that I get to joke around because I'm naturally talented at this, I don't care about your upset. But I've been doing that all my life. I've been, I've had to be me and then tell people that I'm not going to be responsible for how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to be who I am. And that's not to say you don't code switch. There's not a way to be appropriate in certain spaces, mm-hmm. but not that I'm going to be apologetic right. in the process. Right. So even in our work experience recently, you know, um, I addressed somebody mm-hmm. and I, I did it initially, you know, I presented it kind of in a passive-aggressive manner, but I knew me, and I knew I wasn't going to let it go unaddressed. Right. Right? And so then, you know, she ended up being addressed in in front of folk, and everybody was tense. It was tight. And guess what? Goal accomplished. That's exactly, I I want you to be uncomfortable, but I want you to know that I know what you did. Right. Right? Exactly. And that that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And by putting it in front of people creates accountability. Right. It no longer becomes an Erica perceived thought this happened and it's between the two of us and it's private because then she could continue on. Right. But now that that's been called out and other people are made aware, Mm -hmm. um, now she's got to think about, think twice before she sweeties somebody. You know what I'm saying? On, on an interview. Yeah, that that right there. I feel like the, of late, it's become the definition. Sweetie is the bitch of, of our era right now. If you say to someone, bitch, <laughs> then you that could be like, bitch, like your friend. Like, you know, that could be translated as a friend. But the minute that some sweetie comes out your mouth, like, mean- bitch, what the fuck did you just say? condescending right it's inappropriate (laughs) you can't sweetie somebody you know what i'm saying and so and and that was me taking up for my 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 sister okay um and then after that i got approached by management like hey you got time to talk sure we just want to make sure you're okay do you need it are you happy we want you happy you know because yesterday you did this thing and everybody was it was a tense time, you know, time and we just want to make sure everything's okay. Is there anything else you want to address? Or, you know, and, and just in the future, maybe don't handle it that way. You know, just for your personal branding. Maybe you should have gone about it this way or that way or the third way. First of all, mm. my I 
have a degree in communications, mm -hmm. which means I know what to do, when to do, how to do it. Mm -hmm. So if I've elected not to do that, I was intentional in my actions. Right. This is not haphazardly being communicated in this space the way that I did it. Well, the and then the other part of it is being approached in that manner. Um, it, it instead of lending it to the what was it that caused this action or this reaction, it becomes you are now the aggressor. Mm -hmm. And instead of it being, well, what was it? Because to me, if you're coming to me telling me that, you've already decided that I am I've the, acted out of right, that. I've, that, I've done the wrong that thing. I, yeah, that I am the bad person in the situation, as opposed to saying, well, what caused it? And understanding, and then, and then trying to understand what it was that led to this reaction. Because to me, I'm more likely, and again, I think it's because of the fact that I am who I am. Mm -hmm. My skin is what it is. Mm -hmm. I've grown up in the experiences that I've grown up in. I'm more likely to ask those questions because I've been placed in the space of the aggressor or as as the wrong person or the wrong party. And I wrongly so, but I, I've been placed in those situations. I understand that that's not always the space in which one exists in. So I'm more likely to ask like, well, what happened? Right. And where did this come from? Because I understand that that's how you perceive it is not always how it actually is. So the fact that that, that was the case, that that that's crazy. And like, you know, and I said, oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. That's fine. Because guess what? I can guarantee you there won't be a repeat of this. Mm -hmm. You're not going you're gonna to be careful not to do a thing that would make me react. Mm -hmm. And I won't have to react. That's I put everybody on their toes and I'm okay with that. Right. But also, it's a command of respect and professionalism, especially when it's reflective of me. Mm -hmm. um, and then you were treating someone who looks like me mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. um, I want everybody to be mindful. I want I want everybody to be on alert. I want them to even be careful in their interactions with me going forward. Mm -hmm. I want. Wait, let's not encroach upon her space. Let's not talk to her any kind of way. Let's not email. Because she's, she, she's serious and we'll address it. Right. You're not going to microaggression me right. to death um, until I'm blowing up. I'm going to catch it off tops. So everybody in the office knows what kind of person you, you got in your, in your area. So we had mentioned that um, uh, Brandy and myself and EO had been talking about it um, before we even got in here and started um, on this episode, but about certain individuals who like to do, who, who are habitual line steppers, or they get real close to the line and you're just like, how many times are you going to get this close to the line before I have to actually say something mm -hmm. and it kind of becomes that place where you you're trying not to be the angry quote unquote angry black woman or trying to be too sensitive because all of a sudden if you address it i mean and, mm -hmm. and you've already made clear eo that that's your like this is your role that you are playing like not playing but this is who you are yeah i i'm i'm i feel like seeing more of the oh hey girl like you know, the, she's so sweet. Yeah. 
you know, and I, I rarely have to get to the point where I have to go there. Um, but when I do, then it's all of a sudden like, oh my God, like, where's this coming, where's from? This coming from? Because you're usually so blah, blah, blah. Well, then you have to really stop and think. Right. Well, was it? It wasn't this one touch. Yeah. You've right. touched me 12 times now. <laughs> right. And I'm finally trying to, yeah, no, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah, so for me, I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I have the issue where I'm like the same way, but like where you like say something to begin with, I'm very much the one that's just like I peep it and then I just treat you accordingly afterwards. I may not say something, which mm-hmm. tends to get me to the point that I call code red. Mm-hmm. It's like a known thing in my family because like I say everybody has a glass. Mm-hmm. You get a drop, but that one drop will make that shit overflow and right. you're going to regret it. Right. So I have the issue where I'll peep it. I'll be like, okay, I treat you this way moving forward. But mm-hmm. then if you keep trying and you keep saying like, okay, well, I pushed you so nothing happened and you keep pushing me, mm-hmm. I'm going to set the fuck off. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, oh shit. Like this recently happened with me and my ex-boyfriend. We were really close, best mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And he kept pushing, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And I just... I snap. I I don't even, I fucking blacked out. Like, I literally don't, my mom came in my room because she was visiting. I don't cuss in front of my mama. I don't care how old I get, it will never happen. Right. And I literally, after I hung up the phone, I was like, mama, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to happen. She's like, you went cold red. I get it. You know, because for me, I feel like every battle is not war. So I will pick my battles, Mm -hmm. like, whenever it needs to come. Mm -hmm. And if you get, before we even get to that one last drop, Mm -hmm. I'll let you know, like, hey, this is about I'm going to need you to cool it. Right. Or I'm gonna hit you. You got to get that 79th Street beat down. Like that's what's about to happen here. So I'm gonna let you know now, and you're gonna try it again, and then I'm gonna go cold red, and I can't. I'm gonna say something I can't come back from, and then you gonna realize it, and then we probably not gonna speak, or you just gonna you gonna avoid me. In well, at that, at that point, honestly, for me, and I've said it before, and I've I've, I've told brethren uh, Stephen over here, our sound engineer, uh, and my 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 forever brother, um, that. If it gets to that point where I, where you have to say those things, I'm not apologizing and neither should you because you have literally gotten to the point where you knew what you was doing. You knew what you was doing. And if you get to the point where I have to react in the code red or blackout phase yeah. and I hurt your feelings, you deserve the hurt feelings. I, I'm, I just, you know, I think it's just been my life experiences and kind of the spaces that I've been in mm-hmm. that it was safer for me mm-hmm. to address it at the beginning because right. I literally, I've had experience, just take it to my first job, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I worked at Blockbuster and I'm this oh, cute little 16-year-old. Oh, you so know, good. I got the same, I'm still built like I was in high school, okay? So <laughs> I, now don't worry, life has had its way with me. So I've seen it all, it's humbled me, don't worry. But I was this cute little shapely, pleasant you know i'm i'm educated i've been in good spaces my family loves me i mean i got there's nothing against me at this point in my life i'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed i had a guy that was a manager black man that worked with me Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize it initially he was flirting okay but i I also learned later that the woman manager that was pregnant was his baby mama. I never put together that they were on different shifts. Okay. I never, I always worked with one or I worked with the other, but I never got put together that they actually. So when I'm confiding in this 
other black woman who's older than me and has a baby, I ain't know I was talking about her man, mind you. Oh, no. Okay? She never popped off on me. Because I think I still was a little protective in what I said to her. Because I couldn't figure out why he was so aggressive. Right. And what it turned into, it was a... I'm not, I wasn't giving him the attention he wanted from me. You were 16. And he was probably 24. He was probably, he was grown, okay? (laughs) He was grown by 16 because he was definitely good and out of school, big guy, you know? And it's disgusting. He was attracted to me. I was not attracted to him, but I also was there to do my job. I literally was not thinking about him in that capacity. And because I was not responding to him he escalated it got to when and when i say it escalated he threw a vhs tape at me at work oh you really playing it just tossed it because he wanted my attention and i wasn't reciprocating it wow and i was so like confused because i'm like what what is happening here? And I was, I, my friends picked me up that day. And I, my best friend was like three years older than me. She was dating these two guys. They were all in college. So they were all my older friends. But they picked me up. And I'm just distraught. And they're like, EO, what's up with you? You know, you, you're not happy. I was like, well, I just don't understand. Because he just threw a whole tape at me. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, what the fuck? Right. That is not acceptable. You will tell your boss. You right. will go back to work and tell them that this happened. So now I tell my white boss because he's over him. And I'm like, you know, I just, I don't know what to say. This happened. And I feel bad. Like, I feel guilty by his actions. And I don't know why. And I don't know how to justify what I've done that coerced him to this point. And I feel bad for telling on him. Because he's black. And I don't right. want to I don't want to tell on my the black folk. Right. To the white man. The colonizer. <laughs> now I've got to address this. Because I have to protect me. And of course he tells. He says whatever to him. Mm-hmm. Now it's weird. Right. It's yeah. weird in the workspace. Now I don't really work on the shifts with him. And then when I do work with him, he's in the far corner. You know what I mean? So it went from zero to 100, which is weird. And and this is, you know, obviously going to take us into a whole new conversation, probably a new show about rape culture mm-hmm. and like, oh, yes. you know, we'll, and we'll that space that. That and just is. how yeah. people go, oh, well, such and such got told on. Let me make sure I get an NDA before I go to the party. Well, if you could just manage yourself just a little bit, right. you don't have to jump to that extreme. Well, that, Had that man managed himself in the workspace professionally, right. yeah. he didn't have to stand in the other corner. I didn't need him to stand in the other corner. I just need him not throw things at me. Well, at not work. to act unprofessionally, <laughs> one, and not to act illegally because the fact that you're a fucking minor and he's a grown-ass fucking man. R. Kelly. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But, like, and this is what I'm dealing with at 16. So, for me, I found that if I didn't say anything, all it would do was escalate. Mm-hmm. So, I have to, and, I'm, and, and I've gotten, you know, I'm grown. And I'm still going into workspaces with black men who think because they're black, they've got some passed to me and and now they flirt with me and now it's you know how you do okay you know what let me nip this in the bud let me tell management right now listen this is this is about what's not professional at this point Mm -hmm. and i want to cut it off early before it becomes sexual harassment before i have to go cold red Mm -hmm. before you trying to figure out why i'm reacting Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying my 
for me, what's safest, mm-hmm. literally for me, is I have to go ahead and, uh, oh, you know what? Let me let me stop you right here. Right. Let me yeah. create the boundaries that you clearly don't see or understand so that you know how to deal with me going forward. Because now I've communicated, I've told you who I am, you know what I'm about mm-hmm. and how I operate. So now I also know if you're purposely disrespecting what I've been for. Now I know you touching my hair after I already told you. Right. Right. I've already given you my space and boundaries and now I know for sure when I do react right. that you've disrespected what I told you. Right. Because I gave you the tools. Uh, two things. One, that is tribe rules. So for all of y'all listening right now, whether you're black, you're white, you're Asian, Hispanic, whatever it is, tribe rules. All right? EO just gave, gave y'all a little bit of knowledge right there. So addressing an issue before it escalates, um, no matter how uncomfortable sometimes it might be, might be the better way for us to handle things um, as opposed to waiting until it gets to that point. Because then you always, you've always heard those, well, why didn't she say anything in the beginning? Well, I didn't think it was going to fucking escalate to the point that it did. But now we understand that it's probably better practices to address it off jump. Or at least within two. Because you guys, right. are, like you said, you know when you're dealing with habitual line steppers. Right. Yeah. So when you get that first one, you give people a pass because they don't know you because their culture's different because they're from other, you know, you give, we as black women give everybody some context and some space right. to, to for their mess up, right? But then when you see it again, for you, for mm-hmm. your protection, mm-hmm. the CYA on your end. Right. It's to go ahead and say, hey, listen, I don't know if you know that you do this thing. You know, I don't know if you realize how your actions affect me. And I actually I'm, I'm glad you started that because my last question to you, all, you both is what are your solutions and how do you go go about dealing with these things without internalizing them? Um, what are your what are your go to points? So you're saying right now, give them the one, the two and then call them out on on it i agree because i feel like what you've been saying is something i've been working on before because i like get me in the point where i do go code red and i'm like all right let me so i do the same thing where it's like where you get a few more like just addressing it not Mm -hmm. necessarily i never address it on the first try i give you i'm like all right i may like give you signs like hey bitch um i'm not about to pop off right now but uh (laughs) i'm gonna need you to cool it and then if you do it again then i feel like you've actively made that choice so now i feel like i need to let you know that this is no longer a mistake this is no longer i'm sorry Mm -hmm. you don't give a fuck so now i need to show you why you need to give a fuck right well and i think from a communications perspective you know because i'm an enthusiast (laughs) and all that part of it is when you address it early you don't address it emotionally right Mm -hmm. so what you'll do is you know what that made me feel a way Mm -hmm. some way I'm not sure what that way is but I felt something about it Mm -hmm. and then you can sift through it Mm -hmm. right and you go okay so what's the source of this way what what caused me to get to this place why does it rub me the wrong way Mm -hmm. so that when I come to people with it it's a logical thing And they can understand logic than just emotion. Or now I'm not blowing up because I'm addressing it at the the one-two face. And I say, you know, you're so great. Did you know? You know, I can can come at it jokingly. Mm -hmm. I can come at it as a one-off. Be like, hey, I I don't think 
you know and it and you can come at it tenderly mm-hmm. and respectfully mm-hmm. and professionally mm-hmm. um whatever that con- you know whatever the context is um and the space you're in and then you're not angry black woman because right. you're addressing it when you're not emotionally charged by the situation right agreed okay and that's how but i i mean and you have to do it for everybody like i don't think that you don't do it. You do it for white and Asian men, but not for black men, because it's just a different. But your approach is different, right? Because for your black men, you can you can come at it blackly, <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna get what you what you saying, right? You know, and you may shift it for it for your audience, right? But the we, messaging is still don't touch my hair, right? And we've had we've had that instance, and actually this was kind of inspired from something that happened mm-hmm. where. Where I'm, I'm rocking my hair the way it is. No, every I'm getting compliments. Oh gosh, it looks so cute. It looks really great. Thanks. And I, and I, and I, I really, really try hard sometimes not to come out of my mouth and say, I'm wearing this because I want to wear it, and not for the compliments that you guys are giving me. So even though every week I come in with like new hair or like a new right. style, and you guys are like, oh my gosh, it's so great. I want you to also understand that I'm not really doing it for you guys to say these things. I'm, I appreciate it, but I'm going to wear my hair and do the chrysalis of changes that I'm doing because that's how, again, like EO had mentioned and Brandy had mentioned, it's self-expression. Like that's, this week I want to wear it this way. This week I want to wear it that way. But all that to say, wearing it, rocking it cute. And then all of a sudden, the one person that I would not have expected mm-hmm. to have done like this, goes like, goes and, like, pulls the ponytail. Like, not pulls it like he trying to pull it off, but, like, pulls it. And I'm just like... Excuse me. Nigga, did Don't you just... You know? Did you... Of all the people in this office. Who was going to do this? You were the last one that I would have expected would have come to me and been like... I was a fuck shit. Yes. Why, 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 brother? Why? Because now, he thought he had the right... Because he's a brother. But, but again... Oh, gosh. Okay, yes. So it's again. levels. Yes, yeah. it is. Absolute levels. And then it's also a case of familiarity. It's a case of familiarity. So you think you're... We're way more comfortable with each other than where we actually are. Because I definitely agree, like, what you were saying in the beginning of, like, the definition of personal space. And I feel like personal space also has to, those boundaries have to be met everywhere, including within your family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it starts when we're young and they're like, don't be up underneath me all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, like, grows from that. But I feel like people think that because we are cool, I can do all this stuff. I can lean up on you. Mm-hmm. I can reach in your plate. Yeah. I, can, I feel like that's, I mean, you know, we know who do that. But... Mm-hmm. Like, doing all of these things because they think it's okay. Like, I've had black like black women come who are also natural. Mm-hmm. And they will typically be the ones who go to my hair first. So, like, oh, my God. And then they reach for it. And then as they're touching it, they go, oh, my God, can I touch it? And I'm like, but you already in there. So, I might as well go ahead and feel this twist out. But then, but then it makes you the bad person when you say, I would rather you didn't. Yeah. I would rather you right, not touch I my space. Now I'm making it weird. <laughs> but you made it weird by reaching your hand out to touch me in the first place. I was like, you asking, should know. Right. asking to touch me. And it, I've seen it happen. Like, I literally, I was standing there with, it was a circle of black women. Um, and one of them, um, one of my friends had come up and her. she just done this cute twist out and 
you know, the definition was popping, the coils was there. Like, I don't even know what product she used, but yes, bitch, like your hair was lit. And then sister on the side was just like, yeah, oh my gosh, like your twist out is good, blah, blah, blah. Our hands in her hair. And then like five minutes later, we were talking about how, you know, we've had instances where people have walked up on us and that same person was just like, oh yeah, girl, that just is so annoying and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, did you not even realize that like nah, two minutes before? Nah, she's a black woman, so she gets the right to, to do it. It's a pass for her. Black men think that they have a pass. It's a different kind of pass. But they think they have a pass to us. Okay? White women think they have a pass. Because they're... Everybody... The only people who don't really think they have a pass to black women is typically white men because they think they have a pass to everything. So it's not... It's not tailored to us. They're, that's just their mode of operation to um, things. Well, we could have a whole conversation about how the black woman is not seen, we're invisible in the in society, and how how our rights are always the the bottom of the barrel after the white man and the white woman and the black man, and then comes the black woman. So we we could talk. We could talk. That's a whole other tribe talks episode. Definitely. Um, but I, I, I want to kind of give us a moment to understand that for, again, the tribe that's listening, um, you know, err on the side of caution, err on the side of not doing the first thing that comes to your brain, um, when it comes to touching or being in someone's personal space, um, you kind of facilitate and create awkward situations when you just assume that you are given, quote unquote, the pass to be in that person's space. Um, when it comes to friendships and all of that, that's one thing. But when it comes to people that you don't know or people that you think you're, quote unquote, cool with, I would rather you ask than to assume that you have the privilege when you do not. And I would add... The same goes for black men. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I had I had a guy friend who recently posted on his Facebook says like, unless I've explicitly told you, you can't touch my hair. Right. And you think like, oh wait, black you men? know what? Black women probably just grabbing his hair because he's black and they feel yeah. some sense of shared entitlement space. Like I just think that by and large, mm-hmm. everybody just needs to be more mindful, Cognizant, right? Of this. Of, of- like space. their rights to other people's right. space, I, regardless of commonality. We had um our our homeboy Jeffrey. Like Jeffrey had locks for a very long time. Um, he cut them off. Um, just because it was his path, his journey. You know, they say when someone cuts off all their hair, they're about to move mountains. Yay, Coco Chanel. Um, Word of time. Right. <laughs> um, but I I would have conversations with him, and he would share that he would have people mainly women who would think that it was okay for them to come and touch his locks. And so, um, again, and their beards, right? right. Women will get the stroke in a beard. I mean, they've been right here with it. Hi, Brandy. I've been drunk one time. Don't do it. Don't you blame blame it on the alcohol? The tribe is encouraging you to think twice. Pause. (laughs) Pause. It was like, I wasn't a person I didn't know or like that. I wasn't like, involved with ah. 
So it's different. Okay. Yeah, we just not. But <laughs> we're okay. saying women use that as a flirt tactic. Oh, oh hey, right. beard. No, like, that's, that's whoa. No, bitch, you're going to touch my whole face? Like, you can't wash your hands? You like, you like, like, I look your fingers bent. I mean, I get it. The beards are definitely enticing. Okay? And I love a good lock on a man. For real, though, unless you're going to drop your pants and your panties and give him the box right there. If he's already in your box, you can touch it. Right. There you go. That's true. If he's already in the box, you can touch the beard. But other than that, sis, please, just don't don't just be grabbing the brothers. Yeah, don't objectify, subjectify, objectify, sexualize. Don't do that to them. Don't don't be exactly the menace that we're discussing, right? um, Because you think that's cute. Exactly. So so again, this is all around. This is for your your men, for the women, for white people for black people for hispanic asian whatever you are you could be fucking purple i don't care just make sure that you are yeah. cognizant right if you're purple then it's a problem but, go to the doctor right <laughs> but be able to make sure that you are cognizant of the fact that everyone is entitled to their personal space and that you do not want to be the one to violate said space um in that uh, thread of being conscious and learning something, because we're always trying to teach you guys something here at Tribe Talks, um, I also want to um, talk to my beautiful guests and ask them, in the in the spirit of the tribe and understanding that we are always stronger as a tribe, we're teaching each other things, we're learning um, from each other, I want to know what you two believe to be your tribe power what is it that you feel that you bring to the tribe to make it bigger better stronger greater um more evolved um as a unit um i say it every episode um and so i will share it with you guys um after some point y'all i'm gonna stop repeating what my tribe talent or my tribe power is because y'all gonna know um but my uh power is connection like I bring people together. I allow there to be space in order for relationships to be built. Um, it's important to me to foster and grow the tribe. And I know that bringing my people together who might not have otherwise met um, and allowing them to kind of go off and grow their relationships and have that grow into another tribe uh, outside of myself is my power. So my power is connection. Um, what would y'all say your power is? Oh, you want me to go over and yeah, I need some time. <laughs> I, just call me E Okoye, okay? Because oh. I am Wakandian and <laughs> and I am the defender. My tribe power is I defend us. I defend you, I defend me, I defend our culture, our existence, our space. I'm the defender at all times. I'm going to make sure people are accountable Mm -hmm. for their actions and their words and how they affect Mm -hmm. the tribe. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to defend within the tribe and external to the tribe. And I may be small, (laughs) but trust and believe if you need somebody that's going to pop off, (laughs) if you need somebody who's about that life, is he up? Uh, yes. Okay? And I was raised by a woman uh-huh. like that. 
Yeah. Who I did not, it didn't matter what situation, I knew I had somebody in my corner right. who was going to ride for, for me. me. Yeah. And then growing in that loving, but I'm going to go hard for you. I am generationally a defender. And I'm, you need somebody that's going to ride. Yeah. Call your girl. Yes. You need somebody that's going to send an email yeah. to get people acting right. Call your girl. Okay? Call <laughs> your girl. And that don't mean I ain't had my share of of fights that didn't end as well as, you I, but but right. I didn't I went down swinging. <laughs> best, best believe I was never scared. Call me bone crusher. Uh, okay, and I'm shaking my never, ever, never ever 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 and right. so that's that's my tribe power. Yes, E O Okoye. That that's. Okoye. Yes. I'm just saying, just that's me. I'm the defender. I, love I have it. to go after that. Yes, <laughs> that's what you get. That's okay. why you should go first. I should have been thinking earlier. Um, I would say, hmm, I would say probably like my humor or like positive attitude. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been through a lot of shit in life. Like I've been from being paralyzed to be like people don't know that I was paralyzed you know what I mean yeah exactly see look at you you ain't even know I knew yeah she knew yeah yeah so I've been through a lot so even though I'm young like I feel like on the inside I really have a body of like a 70 year old lady (laughs) but so like I think that I'm always trying to remember that like that joy and that like happiness and that humor. So right. I feel like I will listen mm-hmm. and I will be there. I'll be I feel I would say humor and empathizing because yeah. I will sit there and I will listen to you for hours. I will let you let everything you have bring it to me and I will, you know, digest it. Mm-hmm. I will empathize and then if I wanna give my opinion I will and right. if I need if I need you if you call me and you like I'm sad, I need you to come over mm-hmm. like I will be there. What you wanna do? You wanna yeah. go pop your shit for two seconds, you wanna go get some ice cream, you wanna like laugh, like let's do that. And I feel like that's typically what my friends say to me. They're like, when I'm sad, I know I can call you. Right. When I'm feeling some type of way and I need a laugh, I had a bad day, I call you. If right. I need someone just to shut the fuck up and listen and not try to give me give me your opinion mm-hmm. or like try and like combat, I just need you to, I don't want to vent to you, mm-hmm. that's me. So if you need somebody, if you sad, watch Coco, come call me, you know. <laughs> if you need someone that's going to got your back, you can call EO. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna have I'm your back. I'm gonna have your back, but I mean, you know, I'm 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 old. <laughs> My body might give out. I'm probably gonna be the I'm gonna be the one to convince you that we going after them. And you'll be like, oh, it's okay. No, no, no. Yeah, we go get them. We ride. They don't know, and we need to tell them that they don't that they've done the wrong thing by the wrong people. You are not alone. Amazing! I absolutely right. Y'all are a balance, right? It's a good balance, right yeah. there. You know, you go to her for the sounding board. You know, you need you need that. You need somebody that's like, I'm just gonna be peaceful. But there are times where you need to call. Where you need to ride out, and the then warrior. she go, okay, I guess we could do that too. <laughs> and I feel I'm like okay with that. <laughs> don't get it twisted though. Oh no, I, I may, yes. I may. Cold red. We we already have Eo okay. Koye over here, and we have Cold Red over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chicago so. will come out quick. <sighs> she knows she's from the suburbs. I asked about her. I'm from the shot too, low key, half key, kind of in the west. Seventy. Sort of. Evans. Sort of. I'm just kidding. 
Well, that's why, as y'all can hear, they are a part of my tribe and I love them. And I am so appreciative of the fact that y'all took some time out of your busy schedules to come here and talk with the tribe um, and to share your thoughts and opinions and heart with the tribe talks. Um, If the people want to get in contact with you and they want to follow your ways, where can they get y'all at? Well, the best learnings, right? So, you know, uh, Instagram, EO knows. That's where I'm looking like a snack. Sometimes it's a healthy one. Sometimes, you know, whatever. A snack? Whole Uh meals out here, y'all. Whole meals. Watch me blow up. Okay. Um, But, you know, my more eloquent space is Facebook, actually. That's where the dissertations lie. (laughs) And uh, that's EO Drew. Uh, on Facebook if you want to connect with me. That way, I'd advise sending me a message with that invitation up. Because it's a lot of people in friend request purgatory. Right. You're trying to get through that. You <laughs> might want to send an attached message like, hey, I, I heard, heard you, you on, on the, the track talks, right? It was really dope. I just want to connect with a, 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 a like-minded sitting in. You know, now, now you got somewhere. But everybody welcome on the gram. There you go. So on the gram, it's EO Knows and it's... Uh, EO Drew on Facebook. Yep. Uh, I'm mostly on the IG. Uh, okay, so my Instagram name <laughs> is Puffaluffagus with three Fs. So that's going to be uh, P-U-F-F-F-A-Luffagus. You'll find me. If you do the P-U-F-F-F, then I'm going to pop up. Or you can follow me on uh, Twitter. That's where, it, like, Real Brandy comes out. Yes. Um, and what is that? Uh, MS underscore blue 92. So Miss Blue 92. There you go. And for those of you who don't know, um, but need to know, uh, you can follow The Tribe Talks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Tribe Talks. Uh, if you have anything that you want to share with the tribe, any um, tribe talents or questions, comments, and all that jazz, email us at thetribetalks at gmail.com. EO, Erica, Brandy, uh, aka Code Red, and EO Koye, um, thank you ladies so much for being here. Thank y'all, my tribe, for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace.